Good evening, friends, fellow Dhamma farers, and welcome. How's the is the sound? All right. As I was walking over this evening <clears throat> through the woods, and it was so still and silent in moments and thinking, reflecting a bit on uh, the, the guided meditation that we offer on these evenings. And I was thinking about the way that this, the quality of compassion really lies at the very heart of what the Buddha taught at the heart of this practice that we're doing. And I think for many of us, perhaps most of us, some connection to uh, what we, we might call suffering, although perhaps that's a very strong word, and a sense of uh, lack of ease, a sense of not quite rightness, or perhaps really strong suffering in some way in our lives. This is often an aspect of the, <clears throat> the motivation that would um, bring us to, to a retreat like this or to a practice, to what we might call a spiritual life. This quest to understand It said that after his awakening, the Buddha surveyed the world and, and saw beings really seeking happiness, wishing happiness, trying to find happiness. And at the same time, much, so much of the time doing the very things that caused them to suffer out of confusion, out of misunderstanding. And I think it's helpful to remember, to reflect that all of the shenanigans we get up to as humans, all of the sometimes very puzzling stuff we do, <laughs> that under that, so much of that is, is this movement towards trying to be happy which is a beautiful movement of heart. We can lose sight of that. We see the, the confusion and the activities that seem to be causing suffering in our own lives in the world. We lose sight of the fact that under there, that movement of heart exists. It's just that so often the way to find that is so unclear. And we're not offered very much to go on, generally speaking. Sometimes we, we have this great fortune to find something like the teachings that, that we're exploring here together. But a lot of the time, you know, it's try going shopping or something like that as the, the key to happiness. <laughs> a lot of that's one of the main things here in this country is 
And there's nothing, you know, it's kind of fun to go shopping. So I, well, I'm, I don't like it that much, but occasionally I enjoy shopping. But it doesn't really get us that close to happiness for very long, at least. And so it said that with this uh, Maha Karuna, great Maha, great Karuna, the Pali word for compassion, that uh, moved the Buddha to to decide to teach. Because when he first uh, first had this awakening, enlightenment, whatever this experience of this great breakthrough of understanding, he he said, "I can't teach. It will no one will get it." and it will be vexing, it will just be vexing for me. It's not even worth trying, no one's gonna get it. And it's said that the, the Brahma Sahampati, is that his name, Jill? A Brahma Deva came, it said, there are those with but little dust, this famous saying, there are those with, with only little dust in their eyes to teach for their benefit. And, and even though most of us might say, well, I've got big cakes of mud. <laughs> you know, I am not one of little dust. <laughs> we all, you know, we can get that mud out of there. We can see. It's understanding what Buddha said, if it wasn't possible, I would not ask you to do this. But since it is possible, I do ask you. I point to this possibility because it's possible for any being, or any of us. So tonight I, I'm gonna introduce this quality of, speak a little bit about this quality of compassion and, and then do a guided meditation and it's so close to the quality of, of metta, metta karuna. Sometimes we put them together because it's that same heart of goodwill, that heart of friendliness. But it's tuned to, it's turned towards uh, suffering, stress, struggle in our own minds and hearts, in the world around us, all the ways it shows up. Do you remember the Karuna Mahakaruna Mudra on the statues. I think it's the hand, hands at the heart in some way. Can't remember. There's the fearless one, yes. Anyway, this quality of um, compassion, it's, it's, it's described as the heart that uh, is in resonance with or uh, vibrates with uh, attunes to suffering and then uh, is moved in response to that, this natural response of the heart that, that touches suffering, touches our own suffering, touches suffering we see in the world, and is moved by that and wishes to alleviate that, wishes to be free, wishes beings to be free of suffering. This is a natural movement of heart. And it arises when we're actually able to see, to connect with suffering in a in a way that lets us open the heart rather than close down. And we can show up with genuine empathy, with connection. 
and we don't fall into uh, what's called the near enemy or near neighbor of, of pity, of feeling sorry for, or a kind of unbalanced grief that, that gets just overwhelmed by the, by the suffering we see. That this quality of pity, of, of feeling sorry for it, it keeps the suffering at a distance. It, it's self and other. I'm here and you there. I'm sorry for you over there. It keeps it at a distance. It, there's a quality of disconnect in that. But it, it can resemble compassion because it's, the heart is moved, it's touched in a way. But it, it doesn't actually connect keeps it at a distance. So this quality of compassion, it's, it allows us to actually act in, in skillful and useful ways, in ways that actually might alleviate suffering. And we act when that's possible. We name injustice. We take action. It is not a passive quality. It's a brave and courageous quality of heart. I, I like to I link it with this uh, sense of courage because that, that's, that's uh, that sense of strength and, and the fact that uh, the word courage is directly comes from the word for heart. The root of courage is, is the, from the Latin languages. In Spanish, it's corazón. In, French cour in Italian cuori, courage. It's that, it's heartfulness. It's heart, a brave heart, a strong heart. And so it allows us to act from this place of strength when there's something we can do. And it also allows us to sit with suffering, to show up, to not turn away from some balance, from a place of some balance and strength when there's nothing we can do because sometimes we can't do anything, but we can stay there. We don't abandon ourselves. We don't abandon others when it's hard. It lets us actually be there. And we can sometimes feel, we think of this and, and this idea of turning to, of opening to suffering, stress, struggle, pain, sorrow, that this will lead us, that this will take us down somehow, that it will, that it means we're taking on the burden of another person's uh, st- struggle and suffering and that it will lead to grief and sorrow, that it will lead to heartbreak. But compassion, true compassion does not go in this direction. It actually is strengthening and empowering and it actually is a beautiful, joyous, quality of heart and it's not a joy that is is we're not delighting in another person's suffering that would be the far the far enemy or far uh, neighbor enemy and the uh, the thing that is the opposite of cruelty of delighting or, uh, in another person's suffering that's easier to spot it doesn't lead to these it leads us to this kind of resonance where we can actually be there. We don't have to run away or, or turn away. And so we have to actually 
acknowledge that it exists in the world for all beings at different times. And, you know, it's not just, you know, suffering sounds so strong, but all the ways that we have struggle and stress and life is hard sometimes, and just meeting our responsibilities and obligations and all the ways that we feel that we're not good enough, that we're not okay, that there's something wrong with us. All the ways that uh, beings struggle in life in different ways, that this is part of life and it's not the whole story. It's, it's an aspect of life, the, the 10,000 joys and 10,000 sorrows. Life is a mix of this and, and it's part of the deal. And, and, and we do so much to, to turn away from or deny or avoid or pretend it's not there, to keep it out of sight. All the ways I spoke about in, in the, my talk the other night on um, just the, 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 the difficulty that comes with having a body and having it age and get ill and eventually move towards uh, the end of life. We, we hide that away, we don't look at it, we treat it as wrong, we don't actually acknowledge that this is a natural part of life. So we have to acknowledge it and then actually open to it really um, find that we can, uh, we gently open towards this, that we can actually increase the heart's capacity to be with this part of life and to meet it from a place of some balance. So this points to the fact that all, all of the, these qualities of mind rest on the foundation of the fourth Brahma Vihara of equanimity, it's equanimity that lets, uh, lets metta and karuna and the third uh, of the Brahma Viharas, mudita, the quality of uh, empathetic or appreciative joy, it's equanimity that lets them actually flower into their fullness. The, the wisdom there that allows us to see the conditioned nature of things. And so we can move from a state of seeing uh, looking at life in terms of good and bad and right and wrong. We see in terms of, we have a, a, a broader and a, a deeper way of holding that. Let's see things in terms of suffering and the causes of suffering. And we wish beings to be free of suffering and free of the causes of suffering. But so much of the time, uh, it's, it's not, um, doesn't have to be there all the time. Some of it is unavoidable. And so then when, we, when this com- quality is developed, then we can act quickly and, and naturally. It's the same way as we would move to, uh, if, a, if a child were reaching towards a fire, we would move quickly. We don't have to think about it. We would just take care and, and prevent that if we could, or comfort if we were unable to prevent, prevent it. We would offer comfort and uh, we would be there and there wouldn't be judgment. It'd just be this natural movement of heart. And all these Brahma Viharas, the beauty of this practice is as we unbind the bindings, <laughs> We untangle the tangle as we, as the heart and mind are freed. 
these qualities are, they're just there waiting. And they say, come sit with us. They're there. We're not getting them and putting them in there. They're already there. This is our nature. So before I talk for the entire time, let's try some practice. So find a posture position that's um, as comfortable as possible, given that you have a body which is inherently kind of (laughs) uncomfortable at certain point. Shift the posture. If you'd like to move to a chair, you may do so, of course. Just invite some ease into the body in whatever way you might be able to do that. Perhaps releasing tension that you're aware of. And for just a moment now, as we begin, just let yourself Just let yourself be exactly as you are. And and let go of doing it. Don't do anything. Just be, be a living being. Just a being not a doing. Whatever mood or mind state might be present, might be bored or restless or happy, calm. Maybe wishing you'd had the sense to sit upstairs or stay in your room. You might be glad you came. I've been feeling neutral about it. It's on the schedule, so you just came. Nothing better to do on a Wednesday evening. (laughs) (laughs) However it is for you right now, it's just fine. After anything, there's nothing to fix or change or work on. Or So from this place of just letting yourself be, of letting be, if you'd like to, if it sounds interesting or it's something you may have found useful at some times in your meditation, you could let the attention come to the area we call the heart center, kind of at the base of the sternum. So more in the center of the chest than than at the organ of the beating heart. There's kind of a, a soft, tender place there just at the base of the 
sternum, you might touch that with the fingertips or hand or perhaps just breathe into this part of the body. If, if you want to, you don't have to do that. Not trying to contrive or create some sensation or even look for anything special. Just kind of resting the attention in this part of the body for a few moments. Feel the breath moving in and out of the body, breathing itself, this this friend that has been with us since we took our first breath at birth. Hello, little breath. Thank you, little breath. You might open the heart, the mind to the possibility of um, connecting with a being you know who might be someone in your life. Wait a moment or two, see if some image or felt sense of someone you know who's, who's having a hard time in some way, who's experiencing some difficulty, maybe not a person who's in the deepest state of suffering, but someone you know who is having some some difficulties struggling in some way. It could be a friend or be a friend or family member. Might be someone that you've had in your mind and heart in doing the metta practice. Maybe someone who comes to mind, and it's not that you know of any specific thing that's difficult, but just knowing that at times life is hard for this being. At times they they can feel burdened by their duties or feel sad or lonely, feel like they have failed in some way or that they're not not okay in some way. These things that we all touch in our lives at times. Mm. Opening to that, that suffering that is there for this being some of the time. And just touching that simple wish 
this reassurance you might offer them that you care about that. This wish, may you be free of suffering. May you be free of this struggle and stress in your mind and heart. With this practice, classically, there's just a single phrase, may you be free of suffering. We could extend it, may you be free of suffering and free of the causes of suffering. We may find our own words, some way of expressing this feeling that we care, I care about you, I care about this suffering. I'll stay with you. I won't leave you, I won't abandon you because you're having a hard time. So the image, the felt scent, it sense of the being, it may come and go, it probably won't stay there continuously, it may for some of you. Maybe something you reconnect with, perhaps with each, each time you connect with a word or some words expressing this wish, this wish of care. May you be free of suffering and free of the causes of suffering. And it may be quieter. You may not be using words and you may connect again with the heart center, perhaps after each phrase, if you're using words, or every few breaths. Finding your own words or in silence, expressing this care, this connection,
Now, <clears throat> letting go, or not, you know, just letting these words and images, if there are any, just let them, let them fall away if they want to. If they stay, it's fine, but let your attention, intention turn towards a connection with yourself. It may be very quiet, just a sense of gently abiding, perhaps in the area of the heart or within the body in some simple way. You may have an image of yourself, perhaps as a child. You might see yourself through the eyes of someone who cares for you someone who you know wishes you well. Perhaps if you have someone who's in the category of a benefactor, perhaps a very dear friend, and you know they wish you to be at ease, they wish that you be free of sorrow and struggle, of suffering. You might imagine or connect with perhaps great figures or great beings or beings who exemplify this quality of care, of compassion. They wish you to be free of suffering, to be at ease. Might be His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, seems to just emanate this quality. There might be another great prophet or inspiring archetypal kind of figure, perhaps Jesus or another great prophet, Maharaji Nim Karoli Baba, Ramana Maharshi Deepama, Mother Teresa. Dr. King, Gandhiji, the Buddha. If any, any being like that comes to mind, they also hold you, the heart of compassion. Hold all beings this way. And so wishing yourself well, connecting with struggles, the ways that you have hard time, just simple pains that come in the body, that place between your shoulder blades, that ache in your hip. The ways that you feel you're not okay the stories you've told yourself that there's something wrong with you. And the, the pain of that. Some way that's meaningful personally, either wishing yourself well, 
or receiving these wishes from another who holds you dear and wishes you to be at ease, wishes that you are free of suffering, free of the causes of suffering, who tells you, I care about this pain. I'll stay with you. I won't abandon you when you're having a hard time. I'll be there for you. May you be free of suffering. May I be free of suffering and free of the causes of suffering. So in your own way, through simple touch and simple quiet abiding or with words, receiving this energy of care like light, like simple warmth and emanation. Just let that in, offer that, receive that.
Now, if you'd like to, you can start to allow this quality of heart of heartfulness. It may just be very light and just like a gentle outward spreading feeling, sense of connection. Let it spread out, touch the others here in the room. You may know some, you may not all the different ways you feel about those who are sharing the retreat with you. And apart from all the stories we've told ourselves and anything else that might be there, we know that just like us, these are beings who have good days and bad days and times when There's pain and sorrow, sadness, times they don't feel like they're good enough, worries, daily concerns in life, meeting responsibilities. Fears, all these things that are common to all of us times when it's just hard and spreading outward with this gentle emanating, radiating light energy of care. Just wishing everyone here in the room may be free of struggle and stress, may be free of suffering, free of the causes of suffering. I care about the struggle and stress you experience. I care about this. May you be free of physical suffering. May you be free of mental suffering. spreading out beyond this room. Different beings, other parts of the retreat center here, some who may be in their rooms or upstairs. Those beings that are outside Maybe cold. Animals in their nests and burrows and birds in hollows and trees. Wishing that they be free of sorrow of suffering.
wishing that they be at ease. Out across the town, the people in their houses, the animals, large and small, people you know, friends and family who might come into your mind, all the beings, all wishing to be happy, seeking happiness. May you be free of suffering. May you be free of the causes of suffering. And just spreading gently out in all directions. So many beings. They have their joys and their sorrows, their good days, bad days. For all these beings, there are times when it's hard, times when there's real suffering. Wishing them well, may you be free of suffering and free of the causes of suffering. May you be at ease. Now, if you haven't already done so, start to let go of words and images. You don't have to push them away, just let them fall away as they will. Let go of trying to practice. 
go of anything that feels like something you're doing. Just being So there's nothing you have to do now and there's nowhere you need to go. There's nothing you need to get or get rid of. Nothing to hold on to nothing to let go of. There's no meditation, there's no one trying to meditate.
And before I ring the bell in just a moment, I'll offer you a short chant in Sanskrit this evening. It's a metta and karuna chant. Some of you may know Sarvesham. Om Sarvesham Svastir Bhavatu Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalang Bhavatu Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Badrani Pashantu Makaschidukha Bhagavad. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Om Shanti. Shanti, Shanti. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti.